You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, we have one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us today to talk about that win against the Atlanta Falcons, and thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been covering the Chargers together for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? It feels great to be back with you here today on a victory Monday, especially in a game as crazy as the one we saw over the weekend between the Chargers and the Falcons. But first off, a special thanks to all of our new listeners checking out the show for the first time today. I think you'll be happy to because we at least get to talk about a win today by the Chargers. Justin Herbert gets the game-winning drive, and a special thank you to all of our loyal listeners as well. But that's what we're going to be getting into today. We're going to talk about the Chargers fighting through adversity at the end of this game with everything seemingly going wrong. They ended up finding a way to win a game. It looked like they were going to lose. And we'll talk about how they couldn't have done it without their defense and their special teams coming through for them, which is not something we expected in this game either. And then in the second and third segments, we'll be getting into our first half of the game recap with the Chargers at the end of it, having just another mind-boggling disaster of a half to end ending to a half for them, and we'll get into that before getting to the second half where the Chargers defense holds the Falcons to a shutout, and the Chargers end up coming back, and Michael Badgley hits the game-winning field goal. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Los Angeles Chargers beat the Falcons on Sunday with Herbert leading a game-winning drive and a game-winning field goal by Michael Badgley. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked on Chargers lead story. The Chargers were finally able to finish a game on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons in a game between two teams that have had a lot of issues closing out games, and it showed during the fourth quarter of this one. It was a crazy game where both teams exchanged turnovers in the fourth quarter, and the Chargers were able to persevere through a bunch of bad mistakes at the end of the first half and some mistakes in the second half as well to come away with the victory. Michael Badgley, after missing a lot of kicks all season long, hits two two and one to win the game for the Chargers. But David, this was really about Justin Herbert going on a game-winning drive after making a big mistake, hitting a big pass to Tyron Johnson for 25 yards to set up the game-winning field goal. And although the Chargers had a lot of disaster in this game, they still found a way to finally finish a game. Yes, they did, Daniel. And, I mean, it took a while. I mean, the Chargers have had many opportunities this year to, to get out there and, and win a, a close game. They finally were able to put it together, but it was not without their faults. They definitely made some mistakes 
you know, just before halftime, they got the ball back with around four minutes and 50 seconds to go. They execute a great 16 play drive, go 67 yards, but they run the ball with no timeouts with 22 seconds left on the clock and they couldn't get their field goal unit on time and squandered an opportunity to get points before halftime. It was just really gross, bad game mismanagement. And then also late in the game, Justin Herbert throws a bad interception where Keenan Allen kind of wasn't really fighting for the football. Uh, although you just can't have that there. The Chargers got another opportunity, and Herbert you know, gets another opportunity to, to rectify that mistake. He does that. He executes a great game-winning drive, goes six plays, 49 yards. The big play is a 25-yard completion to Tyron Johnson to set up the game-winning field goal, the 43-yarder that Michael Badgley sends through the episode. Uprights, <clears throat> sends through the uprights, and the Chargers exercise a demon of winning a close game. They beat the Falcons 20 to 17. And winning one score games has been the Chargers' kryptonite over the past two seasons after doing really well at it in the 2018 season where they went 12 and 4. But almost every single game, whether you look at the Denver Broncos game or the Raiders game or even the Chiefs game, I mean, Coming down to field goals late in the game or walk-off touchdowns in some of these scenarios, the Chargers were always getting the short end of the stick. But Justin Herbert, after throwing an interception while trying to lead the team to a victory, is able to get another chance. He makes the most of it, and the Chargers finally finish a game. But the offense, although they moved the ball a lot in this game, they weren't really very efficient. They got stalled a lot of the time, and it actually came to the defense and the special teams for the Chargers, specifically a second-half defense for the Chargers. Both of those areas had really struggled, but in this game, David, they don't get the win without the big defensive and special teams plays. No question about it. You know Anthony Lynn loves his turnover margin. That is his favorite stat. And in this game, the Chargers actually won the turnover battle. They pick off Matt Ryan three times. Rayshon Jenkins gets the first one in double coverage on Calvin Ridley in the end zone. And then Jaleel Adai reads Matt Ryan's eyes and, you know, really makes a great play on the football, jumps a route for an uh, interception. Probably one of the best plays that we've seen Jaleel Adai do in his NFL career. Just great instincts on that. And then the, the, the last one that really was the dagger was the Michael Davis doing kind of the same thing. He jumps the route on a little bit of a, a soft throw, a touch throw to the outside by Matt Ryan. And, you know, he gets the interception. But, you know, in this game, the Chargers don't win without the special teams. And, and you know, we've seen so many times in the past where they've been burned by the special teams, but that did not happen in this game. They did not have any punts or field goals blocked. They had a big uh they had a big kickoff return by Nazir Adley, a 76-yarder, and they also made a game-winning field goal. So all around, the special teams unit, led by the head coach in this one, it was an asset instead of a deterrent. It was. I mean, the Chargers can look at this game and find some positives in their special teams, and that is something that definitely feels good after the last game, which was one of the worst special teams games the Chargers have ever played, and the worst loss the Chargers have ever had. So... To come back this week, even though you're not fighting for the playoffs, even though you're going up against a team that has actually been playing winning football since they fired their head coach, Dan Quinn, the Chargers ended up finding a way to get it done, and it ends up in the hands of their rookie quarterback to get them down the field, and it also ends up in the hands of a struggling kicker who 
who found a way to make the 43-yard field goal to get the Chargers the win. And I think this is a great moment for this team, especially with all the young players out there. There was a lot of injuries in this game, so a lot of young players had to step up. And the Chargers get some momentum going down the stretch. We'll see if they can keep it going on a short week this week when they take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday night. But we still have two more segments to get into because we're going to get into the first half where the Chargers were resilient and then ended up having another late half disaster. And then we'll end up the show and then we'll end the show getting into the second half and the Chargers finding a way to win this game coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into the game recap. And there's a lot to talk about from this game because from the beginning of the game, things started going wrong for the Chargers where we weren't sure how exactly this game was going to play out. But they did finally get out to a hot start, scoring on their first drive after they held the Falcons to a three and out where Nazir Adderley ends up getting his hand on a deep ball that could have been intercepted probably by Casey Hayward Jr. Second time that's happened in as many weeks, but they get the first three and out, which was huge. Then the Chargers get the ball on their first drive and they go 15 plays 83 yards, Herbert doesn't miss a pass, and they go up 7-0 to on a great throw to Keenan Allen. I mean, Herbert basically threw it off of one foot, kind of a touch pass to the outside to Keenan, who just caught it with his arms outstretched, basically put it in the only place he could for Keenan Allen to catch that ball, John. And we've seen that a lot from Herbert so far in the red zone this year. I mean, it seems like once he gets out of the pocket, I mean, you don't know where he's going to throw it, but you have a really good chance that a Chargers wide receiver is going to come down with it, and today was another dime. And usually it's Keenan Allen who comes out with it when he rolls rolls out of the pocket like that, especially in the red zone. He always somehow finds Keenan when he's rolling out. It's starting to become like a Justin Herbert specialty, really. Herbert rolls out, he's going to find a touchdown. He's going to find a big play, which is why we made it part of our keys to, to success, which was get Herbert out of the pocket and let him find a way to find someone open or just throw it out of bounds. And first drive, it's already a success. The whole point of rolling out of the pocket is to let a few extra guys get a little bit more open or maybe draw a holding penalty. And instead, Herbert always seems to find a way to just make Keenan Allen get a little bit more open longer down the field. So instead of a 10-yard slant route, it turns into like a 20-yard out route or something. It's it's a really successful play for Herbert. Why we haven't seen it at all this year as much as we should, or even this game, why we didn't see it as much as we should is kind of puzzling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once he gets out of the pocket, obviously he had the bad pick against the Patriots, but... That's really where he's at his best. I mean, you think of a couple of weeks ago when he found Keenan Allen in the back of the end zone on just a rope rolling out to his left even. He's had a couple other ones that played at Gabe Neighbors where he's rolled out. He's had more to Keenan Allen that looked exactly like that. And for Justin Herbert, I mean, that is definitely an area you look at for him that you say that is something he's great at and why we don't see it more is really frustrating because the Chargers definitely were super conservative in this game, didn't take a lot of shots. And it seems like that play always comes on like a third and goal from the 13-yard line, like a really long third down when they decide to pull that one out. But it was great for them to get a lead in this one. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last super long because the Falcons would come back a couple of drives on come back on the next drive to go seven plays, 75 yards, and score a touchdown to make it 7-7. to And this one hurt especially because, David, it's another trick play beating the Chargers. And it's so frustrating. And this time it's Russell Gage who lines up in the Wildcat. 
and he ends up dropping back, and no one really ever th- – usually it's a double pass. You throw it to a wide receiver. He throws it into the end zone. This one is just – Russell Gage took the snap and then ended up just making a really good throw. Chris Harris Jr. gets beat by Calvin Ridley for the touchdown. It's like, really, this is going to happen again? It happened against the Bills, and now two weeks later, another wide receiver is throwing a long touchdown against the Chargers. I mean, that's just the Chargers, right? You just expect the opponent to be able to pull out a, a trick play and execute it perfectly against the Chargers. It just seems like that's what always happens, and this was no exception. I mean, they pull out the trick play, and not only do they hit it, but they hit it for a long touchdown, too. That one, that hurts. I mean, that's just embarrassing. That stuff should never happen. I mean, that only happens when you have a breakdown in communication, and it seems like every time they do a trick play, there's a breakdown in communication. I just, I hate it. I mean, it, it just, it's so embarrassing to see these teams pull out these trick plays and you know score on them it just it it sucks to honestly it's just hard to see and it's kind of funny that russell gage has the only perfect passer rating of the game with a 158.3 after that one throw yeah one throw 39 yards i mean i gotta give him credit it was a really really nice look chris harris jr it's not like he totally fell for the fake i mean he was in decent coverage like that was actually a really good throw by a wide receiver it's not like you know this guy had like a ton of experience. He just, you know, made a play against the Chargers, of course, and they tie it up right there. And the Chargers on their next drive go negative one yard on three plays and have to punt the ball back. And the drive really got derailed because they tried to run it on first down. It gets blown up for a three yard loss, and then they just aren't able to manufacture a first down after that. The Falcons would keep their momentum going by going eight plays and 40 yards and getting a field goal to make it 10 to seven. There's two missed tackles on the drive that let Russell Gage catch the ball and turn it into a 35-yard gain. And then Nchenna Nuosu and Jerry Tillery really are the reason the Chargers got out of it and held them to a field goal. Nuosu ends up getting the sack. Tillery got in first on the pressure after they ran a nice little stunt play to get the Falcons off of the field and hold it to three points. But it didn't last long because we finally saw a big special teams play like you talked about, David. And we were talking about, you know, Nazir Adderley looking really good returning kickoffs last game when he got a couple of opportunities and since he's kind of taken over for Joe Reed when he got injured and now he finally really breaks one it looked like he might take it to the house for a second but he found a big hole and he ends up taking it 76 yards down the field and setting the Chargers up for three points on a field goal obviously you wish you could have a touchdown right there but it was really nice to see that big explosive play from Nazir Adderley even though it's coming on the kickoff return. I mean, it's got to feel so good for that unit who has been such so scrutinized over the last, you know, well, probably the whole season, to be quite frank. But, I mean, it's got to feel really good for that unit. I mean, after, you know, being one of the worst special team units in the NFL, not only in the NFL, but in NFL history, to come back and really have a big play like that. And credit to Nas, too. I mean, the field vision and the explosiveness to get to the outside and then the speed. I mean, you see this guy is a great athlete and he is great in space. I mean, Anthony Lynn talked about it in the press conference after the game just said, you know, when you saw the interception last year, you know, you're like, okay, this guy's got some ball skills. And, you know, we saw it in college. We've seen it in the, in the pros. So maybe we need to see more of it. I mean, a, a, a great explosive play. And, you know, that uh, honestly, that's what separates the, this game right here. I mean, you know, yeah, you want a touchdown, but at least they got points off of a, a big field position, great special teams play by Nas. Well, and it's hard to think that they just would have automatically gotten three points on that drive had he not gotten – 
that return because it immediately fizzles out. They go three and out and have to kick that field goal. So it was absolutely huge, especially when you look at a game that has a three-point margin. But the next Falcons touchdown was really infuriating because they end up going down the field and it ends up being a pass short of the Reds, short of the end zone to Laquan Treadwell. And Nazir Adderley has a chance to blow him up tries to shoulder tackle him, completely just stops dead in his tracks, and lets Laquan Treadwell basically walk into the end zone. I think Chris Harris Jr. missed the tackle on it too, but it's like they're not even running that play to get a touchdown. They're running to try to you know set up the next play on the two-yard line, the three-yard line, something like that, and another soft red zone touchdown the Chargers give up, and another time where the opponent has a goal-to-go opportunity, and they're able to convert that into a touchdown to take a 17-10 to lead, but... That even wasn't the that wasn't even the most frustrating part of the first half, John, because it has to be the way the half ended for the Chargers once again. I mean, you couldn't write this stuff in movies. Like it's so comical sometimes with what the Chargers do. So the Chargers have the ball third and one from the eight yard line with twenty two seconds left in the half. They do not have any timeouts. It's third and one. They have to get a first down or get a touchdown to put some points up on the board. If you throw an incomplete pass, you can still trot the field goal unit out there. Instead, what happens, John? They stick to Anthony Lynn's philosophy, and him and Shane Steichen were going at it on the sideline. The Chargers hand the ball off to Kalen Blosh for no gain. Now they don't get the first down, so the offense is running up to the line of scrimmage, and they said that they thought they had a first down. But they didn't get a first down, so now they can't spike the ball. So now the field goal unit starts to run on the field. Now they stop. Now it's just a total cluster in the middle of the field. And what happens? The Chargers can't get a kickoff. They end up getting an illegal formation penalty. They were never going to get the field goal attempt off anyways. But just for this team to look so ill-prepared for this moment. I mean, you're going into it. You have time to set up whatever play you want. You should have a backup plan and a backup plan to the backup plan if you're in that situation. And the Chargers, first of all, run a terrible play by running it there. You throw the ball right there, and if it's incomplete, you kick a field goal. It just none of it made any sense, Sean. It was just the latest in the long line of disasters we've seen from this team time management-wise. And I think the more disappointing part of this is – after halftime and all the teams come back out and they always do their little halftime with the announcer heard from the coaches thing, Anthony Lynn said they were just being too aggressive. <laughs> really? You you call that too aggressive? Running the ball up Super the middle? Aggressive. Not I mean, I, I think I think too aggressive would have been throwing the ball to the end zone and almost throwing an interception maybe. And like, then I, going I for it on fourth down too, yeah. Anything is but more. I think I, I think that's too aggressive. I think what you did was too conservative. <laughs> if anything, I think it was more you didn't feel like doing the work of thinking of what play to run, so you just ran something simple that you could maybe get a first down from. I mean, honestly, it looked like they got a first down. I'm kind of surprised they called it short. But regardless, you ran the ball with a few seconds left, and you were hoping to get a first down. Like if it was second down and you did it, like, okay, maybe, cause maybe you're trying to sneak one up the middle. Cause maybe they think you're passing it. I don't know, but you didn't leave your, your chance and opportunity to spike the ball. I don't, I don't get what the mindset was, what your backup plan was. Are you just stuck on that play? Like, okay, it's, it is third and one. Here's what we're going to run. What happens afterward? I don't care. We're just going to run that. We're going to run this play. I feel like that's Anthony Lynn's mindset. I don't, I will never understand why we ran that play and not a pass play, especially Herbert, roll out the pocket, find Keenan Allen like the first touchdown. If not right. there, throw it out of bounds. Here comes the field goal unit. It's a play that worked before. Why didn't you do it again? 
Yeah, I mean, there's one so thing many I didn't options. understand real quick is what happened with the Eckler thing. I mean, he went out of bounds and they didn't stop the clock. Why? What happened there? Because his forward momentum is was stopped. So when he was going out of bounds, is technically he the play was already stopped. Once forward momentum has been stopped, the play is stopped. So once he's that's going, a rough call, man. Once he's that's going backwards, call. it's considered a dead play. So by the time he went out of bounds, the play is already dead. That's a running clock situation. I mean, yeah, it, it was. I feel like you see that not call a lot of time, especially when you know the guy's obviously trying to go out of bounds. I feel like they usually give you the the clock stoppage right there. It's already happened to the Chargers a couple of times this season. But either way, I mean, the Chargers had a timeout to use at that point, anyways. All they had to do was either throw an incomplete pass. Or, you know, or go for it on third down, throw an incomplete pass, or get a touchdown. I mean, that's all they really had as far as options. And then they run the ball. Anthony one says after the game, like, you can't run that ball there. Yet the Chargers are still doing it. So, I mean, it was just absolutely brutal. And to come away with no points right there at the end of the first half when you have a chance to tie the game with as bad as the first half had been for you, I mean, just a golden opportunity. And you knew it was going to come back and haunt the Chargers the way their game has been going. But a chance to take the momentum going into halftime, getting the ball after halftime, and what happens? The Chargers can't take advantage. They end up with zero points, and it's just another really, really bad look from this coaching staff because it just looked like they assumed they were going to get the first down, so they didn't really have a backup plan there. And in that situation, especially coming off of a, a clock stoppage, that just can't be what happens there. But we will get into the second half and how the Chargers defense pitched a shutout on the way to the Chargers finding a way to get a victory in this game coming up right after this. But I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar in the world. And of course, I'm talking to you about the Built Bar, the best protein bar. The protein bar that tastes like a chocolate bar. And when you guys get protein bars, you know, to me, it's all about taste. And I'm not going to eat it if it doesn't taste great. But with Built Bar, they all taste great. And they have a ton of flavors to pick from. Anything that you like, you can find it there. They have peanut butter, banana bread, double chocolate, salted caramel, toffee almond. Whatever you like, you can find it with Built Bars. And they're all great for a health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now, for our listeners... We have a special. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, it's time to get into the second half of this game. And even though the Chargers had some really frustrating moments in this one, I mean, I definitely thought at one point this game was leading to a young Waiku game-winning field goal, which is what I predicted was going to happen. That's not the way it ended up, but there was a lot of crazy twists and turns to get to that final game-winning field goal for the Chargers because after halftime on the Chargers' first drive, needing to try to get some momentum back, they go three and out, but the Falcons aren't able to capitalize. They have a nice drive going down the field, and there was a couple of really frustrating plays on this drive that get bailed out, the first being a third and 17 where Matt Ryan finds Russell Gage for an easy first down completion, no one within 10 yards of him, and that was absolutely brutal. You have a third and 17, you only rush four, and there's still someone that wide open, and he got open pretty quickly too. I mean, that was brutal. We've seen teams get a lot of really easy first downs against the Chargers, but on third and 17, did not even like Almost get a stop there was pretty brutal by the Chargers defense, and it seemed like it was going to be a really bad start to the half. But they get bailed out in this situation, David, because 
after a third and five play where the Chargers get a stop, but they end up giving up a free first down because of a Michael Davis holding call. Right after that, Matt Ryan, questionably to say the least, throws it up into the end zone, into double coverage. And Rayshon Jenkins, even though he was backpedaling and it may have looked like an easy interception, him and Calvin Ridley both went out for that ball. Rayshon Jenkins gets it back, and instead of giving up some points to start the second half, the defense steals the momentum back for the Chargers. Yeah, how about Rayshon Jenkins going out there playing center field too? I mean, they they took Nas out and they kind of switched things up and put him back at free safety. And you know, the, in that play, he goes and is in double. He's kind of the double coverage situation, and goes up for the football, and and snags a really really important crucial interception right there to take the momentum back. They were trying to go for the big strike to get the big big uh, play to their you know their number one guy Calvin Ridley at the time and. You know, they, the Chargers make a great play. Kudos to Rayshon Jenkins for going up and getting that football and getting it right back to the offense. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's what we've needed from this team, right? And we said it going into this game. This team is going to give up some yards as the Chargers defense, right? We knew they were going to give up some yards, and they did. But they found a way to make plays, especially in the second half, to give their team a chance. And one of the more inspiring things about this one specifically, John, is that the Chargers actually take advantage of, of the situation, they go down a 13-play, 80-yard touchdown touchdown drive to tie it at 17. Herbert ends up getting out of the pocket again and finding Tyron Johnson in a little crossing pattern. There is also a heavy dose of screens and Austin Eckler in the passing game of this drive. But the Chargers, not only do they get the big turnover defensively, but they found a way to capitalize on that turnover and turn it into a touchdown to tie the game in the second half which is something we've asked for a lot, right? Capitalize on the turnovers, right. something we've struggled on Huge. all season. And you finally did it. And the, the second touchdown drive was kind of like the first one in a way. It was a eight-plus-minute drive. You yep. took time off the clock. You slowly moved the ball down the field. You kind of wear out the Falcons' defense, but I mean, the other drives kind of let them get rested up. But you, these kind of drives are what you kind of expected all year, too, you know run the ball, get the running backs involved, move down the field slowly, control the clock, keep the high-powered offenses off the field so they have less drives. This kind of drive is what you needed for that second half to kind of create that spark. So you got to give credit to the players for making the plays when they were needed, slowly getting down the field, and be able to put all of that together. I think that was probably the biggest key to winning this game, really, was keeping the Falcons' offense off the field in the second half. The Falcons had four drives in the second half, and three of them ended up being Matt Ryan interceptions. And after the Chargers aren't able to come up with any points on their next drive, the Falcons end up getting another interception by Matt Ryan. This time on the drive, Casey Haber got beat on a one-on-one on on third and 11 when the Chargers tried to blitz. Calvin Ridley gets an easy first down on third and short. Ridley beats Michael Davis for a first down, but the Chargers would get the last lap because Jaleel Adai, of all people, the outcast safety gets in the game, makes a great read on a short pass to the tight end, something the Chargers have been all too willing to give up, just a little seven-yard hook route to the tight end. Not this time. Adai ends up getting the interception, and then David this one really hurt to not take advantage of because that was obviously a huge momentum swing late in the fourth quarter. And now Justin Herbert gets a chance with a tie game to go down the field and 
On third down, Herbert tries to squeeze a pass into Keenan Allen. He gets intercepted with 40 seconds left to go in the game with the Falcons starting at their own 38-yard line. But I know from your perspective, you wish to get a little bit more effort out of Keenan Allen there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you saw that play, I mean, I know at that point in time, Keenan was already complaining that he was dealing with some soreness. He had missed a lot of plays already, Right, right. He was only coming into the game on third down. So, you know, and, and hey, why not, right? He was the one of the best third down receivers in the game the last several years. So, I mean, it makes sense to bring him in on third downs where he can make the most impact. But on this play, I don't feel like, one, he was expecting the ball, and two, he wasn't even trying to go out there and really catch the ball. It just seemed like, you know, he was just running this route to be a decoy. But, I mean, why not expect the ball? I mean, he's targeted you to like 10 times in this football game. Of course he's going to look for you on third down. Like, you, you got to expect it. I just don't think he expected the ball, didn't fight for the ball, and it was kind of an easy interception for the cornerback. Well, I think it's also there was like two guys near him, so I think that's why he wasn't expecting the ball. He just did what he needed to do. Soreness, got two guys on him, leave somebody else open. I felt Herbert tried to force one there. I mean, I definitely think he tried to force it, but I definitely think – Keenan Allen kind of gave up on the route, too, which is not something you usually see. Obviously, maybe he's injured more than, you know, he was letting on to come back into the game. Maybe he truly was just a decoy. It wasn't the first place Herbert tried to go with that ball on the play. They tried to get something going to Hunter Henry in the left flats, and that got blown up right after the snap. And then Herbert, realizing it's third down, needing to make a play, tried to just do, you know, hey, I see an impossibly small window. I'm going to try to fit it in. And at that point, I mean, yeah, maybe Keenan Allen can fight more. I do think he kind of gave up on that route a little bit. Maybe he should try to at least box somebody out if he can. But either way, that's probably too tight of a window for Herbert to try to be squeezing it in there at that point. And the defender made a good play. But the nice thing about it, John, was the Chargers would get another shot on a really bad throw, honestly, by Matt Ryan. Michael Davis, who's been the best Chargers corner so far this year, gives them another chance and a really wild sequence. I don't know the last time we've seen a sequence like that, John, where there's three consecutive interceptions on, you know, three straight drives like that. I mean, Matt Ryan throws one, Chargers get a great shot. Justin Herbert throws an interception, and then we're all waiting for the Young Waku game winning field goal. And then Matt Ryan, you know, seasoned veteran, inexplicably just with a bad throw on an out route, Michael Davis picks it off, and if he doesn't slip, he runs it back for a pick six. But time and time again, Through this game, John, the Chargers defense gave them a chance. This time they get another interception when I don't think any of us saw it coming. And then Justin Herbert gets that second chance, takes advantage, makes a perfect throw when they need it and most to Tyron Johnson. And Michael Badgley comes through with the game-winning field goal. Absolutely money throw to Tyron Johnson, too. I wish they would have done plays like that more often during the game. I felt we could have had way more points if we attacked down the field more with a play like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But at least they did it in the clutch when it was needed. But, boy, boy, when Michael Davis caught that interception and I saw there was a flag on the field, I was like, oh, yeah. please tell me this is not roughing the passer. Do not crush my hopes like this. That would be so typical Chargers. And the first thing the referee says, after the play was over, I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't care what it was. They, Joey Bosa, dude. Right Joey Bosa is dirty now. <laughs> All I had to hear was, after the play was over, and I was like, okay, yeah. it don't matter what happened. It, it's our ball. The Falcons can't win it right now. Whether we can win it right now or we're going overtime is another story. And we right. somehow, despite starting like by inside our own 25, move all the way down the field and get into field goal range, kind of like the Saints game. You kind of yep. saw the Saints game happening here again, and then it comes down to Badgley, and you're, and you're like, 
uh, he's gonna miss it, huh? It's it set up, it set all up for Young Way Koo to to win it in overtime after Badgley misses, so he can laugh at us. And Badgley actually <laughs> made it; he gained some confidence back. It was kind of nice. And after getting that win, you needed a shutout half to win that game, and that is only yep. the second time in the Chargers Falcons series that the Chargers have shut out the Falcons in a half. The other time they did it was 1988 in a 10-7 to win. And this is also the first time the Chargers have won at home against the Falcons. The other two wins were in Atlanta. The Chargers have shut the have given the Falcons like three-point halves a lot of times, like the last one, but this is only the second time they shut them out in a half. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it doesn't happen without the defense. And that last throw by Herbert was great. On third and two, finding Hunter Henry for 15 yards was great but I think we saw some growth here from him as well he knew the check down wasn't an option right because we've seen him do that too many times in late half situations where he doesn't see something and he wants to check down to the running back in the middle of the field he didn't see that from him he knew he had to get some chunk yardage he gets the one to Hunter Henry he gets the one to Tyron Johnson both times showing good pocket presence being super cool calm and collected and he gets his first game winning drive and it felt really good to see that of course this doesn't help the Chargers, you know, draft position. I know a lot of people are saying that on Twitter, but to a lot of these players, having that kind of win, I think is going to do a lot more for them because guess what? The Chargers weren't going to get Penny Sewell anyways. I mean, the Bengals and the Cowboys, you know, we're going to get that spot probably regardless. So I think the Chargers really got a lot more out of this victory. Their young Herbert finally gets the chance to taste victory like that and know that it happened because of him and this team knows that they won the game because of big plays they made a big play by Michael Davis a big play by Jaleel Adai a big play by Justin Herbert and a big play by Michael Michael Badgley and I think now hopefully this turns Badgley's game around you know and we can see a more confident Badgley and hopefully he doesn't miss the rest of the season he can get some of that confidence back but the Chargers get the win they move to four and nine on the season and we'll be getting into more from this game and breaking down really what went right and what went wrong on tomorrow's show but until then make sure to follow us on twitter at locked on lac and to like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from whether it's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify you can find us there and that's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show if you guys want to get your voicemails in, we might be doing a double voicemail show next week because of the short week this week with the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday night football. But the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we're we'll back here tomorrow, guys. We will actually have a What Went Right segment after last week not having one. We get to talk about some plays from a winning game tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.